0: Mustn't touch, mustn't touch, oh, Uh, oh, oh, hello, welcome to the Shy Squidge Speaks podcast, hosted by me, Squidge Pinkaro, video artist, filmmaker and emo, um, if you just heard me, I was, uh, I was tempted to scratch my shoulder blades, but I dared not because I had surgery there, and... Therefore it, uh, my shoulders get very, very itchy. Uh basically <clears throat> I went into the doctor to have a look at um a mole that I was getting kind of concerned about and I went to the to the doctor and he said sit down mister Pangaro, or Mrs Pangaro. I took a seat, and then I showed my doctor my back and a little bit of a think, and so the doctor says to me, "Squidge, I don't think it's nothing at all, but I do think we should have a deeper look at this. So the doctor cut a little piece of them all off and put it in a tube, I think, I can't really remember. Disgusting, I know, but I, I, I... I didn't see any of it so I I couldn't I'm not gonna give you any gory details so I'm not I'm not I'm not going for shock value here. So he told me to come back in a few weeks time um and he was going to consult with another doctor at the clinic. Fast forward a few weeks and I go back to the doctors and there are two doctors there. And, uh, basically they told me that it's nothing cancerous. It's nothing really that bad. Um, they think it's just a normal mole. And there's not really nothing that I should be afraid of. But it'll be better for me in the long run if we remove it. And I was just, I was just relieved. I was like, thank God. I was... I was so scared. I, I remember uh, the few weeks leading up to the second doctor appointment. I was taking my showers and uh, living my life and sometimes I almost broke down in tears because I was so scared of it. It was this fear of the unknown. Um it was a very psychological horror really, on a tangent, that's what I think that most modern horror movies um, are missing, this psychological horror element. It's all about the gore and blood and guts. It's all about blood and guts and gore. I don't really understand it anymore. I don't find blood, guts and gore typically scary. I mean, if blood is, like... If blood was dripping down the ceiling, then yes, I'd be scared out of, of my wits. And if, I, I suppose, if one of my uh, legs was chopped off and it was bleeding um, and dripping from its wet end, then yes, I'd be typically scared. But blood and guts and gore doesn't scare me any more, really. It's just, uh, it's just, what's it called? Torture porn or something? Ew, disgusting no, I think that horror movies need to be more about the psychological uh, the fear of the unknown the fear of the dark the fear of the monster lurking in the bushes you know, this fear it's really missing the fear you know, uh, the fact of running away from things unseen it really is missing perhaps, I think it's missing the unseen element that's what I'm saying um, at the doctor's they um, they gave me free injections free local anesthetic injections, which hurt but not as much as the injections the local anesthetic that I received for my two um, foot operations when I was fifteen. <clears throat> that I might tell you another time so I had the free local anesthetic into my shoulder around uh, the mole and one of the doctors a a specialist I think um, basically cut it out and remove the, the skin around the area it's sort of like an oval shape and they did this for a very good reason. And after they removed it, they disposed of it, I suppose. And the other doctor doctor was helping me, by the way, just uh, make, making sure I didn't cry in pain so much. I do not think I cried in pain, did I? No. It was more like, ah, ah, oh God, that sort of thing. Um... It wasn't very comfortable to say the least, and to say the most it was um it was no different than a pinprick, prick i suppose a, uh, a somewhat painful pinprick. prick. The skin and the mole was removed, and they sorted back up and because it was uh, an oval shape, they could close it down and to create a um a much more uh, a natural natural close of the skin. And he'll make uh, like uh, a slight line, I suppose. And they stitched it up. I asked for the black. <laughs> uh, jokes are good. Anyway, they stitched me up, and they, they, you know, gave it a little rub with disinfectant, I think. And uh, you know. As sent me on my way and they told me to come back in a few weeks time to see if it's healed and so I came back um, to the clinic and they said yes it's healing quite well um, they said that um, they were glad that I actually came to them because this is going to be to my benefit Originally, I had some concerns that if I was to cut this um, this amount of skin out of my body, I was concerned that maybe it'll aggravate it and cause it to become even worse. But they reassured me that um, none of that would actually happen. They said it was uh, healing quite nicely and... I shall come back in five weeks' time uh, to get the stitches removed. They gave me some gauze to wrap the stitches up. I had seven stitches, and they told me whenever I uh, take a shower or something that I should always keep it clean and do not touch it. Do not touch it at all. It might get itchy, but... Think of pretty thoughts and stay away from it. Right now I'll say this. I will go through this entire podcast without touching my stitches or my wound once. Time went by and I saw the doctors again. They removed the cause and two doctors uh, removed my stitches. It was kind of... I thought it was like... Kind of bizarre process. I didn't see any of it, but I certainly heard it and felt it a couple of times. A lot of um, snip, snipping sounds, and um, you know, removing stitches from a human body is not the same thing as um, unraveling a, a a a ball of wool for f- f- for obvious reasons. Anyway. <laughs> they removed the stitches put some other gauze and they told me not to scratch it and they sent me on my way and it's been a few months now and it's healing nicely sort of like a red patch which i may or may not um post uh, photos to if you're so inclined about that if you would like I see, it's not really gruesome, so don't really be afraid it's not gruesome or bloody. It's more like a red spot, really and I went to the doctor's uh, quite recently, like little over a week ago, and i and we had a checkup and to see how it's coming along, and it's coming along nicely, I say so all's well that ends well in uh regarding uh to the wound to my surgery I'm quite tired from last night (sighs) no it wasn't one of my crazy bisexual parties it was I was working on monoliths and there were some slight problems with the winescreen function and um Oh, God, my printer was giving me such a shit last night. Such a shit. I'm looking at my printouts. I printed out on specially uh, CD label paper, which allows me to print it out and get my um, labelling device and sort of gently press the label onto, the, onto my blank DVDs To give it, you know, something much more nicer looking, something much more professional looking than just getting a a permanent marker and just writing on it. Like how I used to do in my video art uh, student days. And he was giving me such the shits. He printed out one page Perfectly. I loaded up Photoshop, I printed off my PSD, and it printed out quite perfectly. Then, the fucking thing. Every time I try to print out the version for the third disc, there's always Paper Jam. And constant fucking error messages. Every time I try to print out my third label, why didn't I had an error message when I printed the first two? Why? Why was it perfect? And then I went into the printer, uh, not literally, of course, to always, always, constantly, with these fucking paper jams. Oh, man, I feel like, honestly, I'm plugging at the printer, grabbing it with my two hands, going outside, and taking a sledgehammer to it. God, I would have ripped out a hair. I would have ripped out my own hair. Had I known that I just styled my hair into a beautiful, beautiful bob. It scans well. Uh, It photocopies well. But when it gets to printing, it always gives me constant fucking messages. And even when I did unjam the printer, it suddenly decided not to print anything it just said it bleep bloop and then it just decided to fall asleep and forget forget the fact that i I had um pending documents waiting to be printed gosh if and when i'm making the monoliths dvd for retail whatever and it's late at night i'm on a time frame And I have to print these labels so I can post my DVDs through the mail to my prospective buyers. If that shit happened to me, then I'm, I'm going to tear that thing apart. I'm sorry, but business is business and fun is fun. And I want my electronics, no matter how old or new they are, to work when they're supposed to. So, sorry for that rant. Um, I might tell you about my other projects. Uh, The long process. I've been working on that a little bit. I am about to uh, start editing it again. It's about 80% done. Um, There are a few scenes that I cut out for reasons of length... That I'm gonna have to insert back in again um because uh the the running time is is a little bit below um my goal for it, so I'm going to have to put in insert some scenes there uh it's necess uh, scenes that are necessary necessary to tell the story scenes that um you know, uh, like a little taste of life, of 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 my documentary subject, and scenes which explain the characters. And there's a few scenes I don't like in there, which I may remove them. It, it seems too much of a jump, although I kept them in, originally, because I wanted to tell the story of the person, of of what what they were about, they don't fit and um, I don't like the scene really that much. (laughs) So so that's how I edit. That's the process of my film editing. I take take out scenes that annoy me and that I don't like very much. (laughs) That that guy's wearing a funny hat so remove it! That guy's wearing a codpiece, remove it! (laughs) Well, removing a codpiece now there's that's something sexy (laughs) yes it's gonna take me five hours to remove this codpiece 18th century porn anyway the long process I've been working on that I'm gonna be start working on it again it's it's really exciting it's really one of my better works and it's really fascinating I've been previewing uh, previewing it on my uh, iPod device and it's pretty cool it's pretty cool so far uh, I'm thinking of put releasing it as a podcast as a video podcast but I'm not sure if it should be in its own series or what It. I mean I would love it if it was its own series uh, the long process is basically about the process of making a documentary series and i've been talking to some of the other staff at channel 31 and uh they believed it's a good idea i just need a group of people that i can follow as a as a camera operator uh, as the director as the editor and heed a group of people who are making something who are creating something And I, and I follow them. Or maybe several groups of groups of people. And I follow them. And in each new episode, I go to another organization and see them, uh, making something, uh, whatever it is. And the series could about, could be about just how things are made and how stuff are made. And that's, it's really fascinating. Um, there's a, one type of documentaries I do like, is finding out how things are made. So it's a pretty neat idea. I'm going to pitch it to them and see what thing I have to come up with. But it's not the hardest thing. I need a group first. I may not even get the series, but if I do not get content first, I suppose, then I can't pitch it really. I just can't I've got Steam I've been using Steam uh, for my PC laptop for a while now and it's pretty good it's pretty good you get to buy games legally uh, buy games legally and play them and as long as the computer that you have on is Steam it may or not be your own I'm not suggesting that you go out and steal computers by the way but if you go onto a computer anywhere else on the road... Road? Anywhere else on the road? That's right. They have computers out in the middle of the road. Any computer in the world, you log onto Steam. If it's got Steam, and you can simply play your game. It's got nice stats. It's got achievements. Um, I haven't got any achievements yet. It's probably because my game hasn't got any achievements. Hmm. That's probably one reason. I've been playing... Unreal tournament <laughs> and, and it's funny to me that because that uh, no one no friends of mine are playing it. No, uh, everybody's playing Modern Warfare 2 And I'm alone with my uh six year old game and no one's willing to play more to play with me. <laughs> I played Modern Warfare 2 actually, and it's quite good. But if I if I dare install it on my machine, my machine would just crap its pants. It would just go, Nope, screw this. I'm going to uh, Nandi," and it would just crash. And my computer won't handle it. It won't handle it. One gig of RAM, 1.8 gigahertz. It won't. It will just crash. I've been reading lately. Uh, about video art and performance and the concept of that the strange thing is it's video art which is happening in real time for example it's like the machinima um, type stuff where you have a panel of speakers you have um, a, uh, a space for the audience to sit you have a big projected screen and the Mashniba guys will just uh, play with their with their Xbox or Playstation or whatever and in real time uh, the camera operator that is the player whose first person view is acting as the camera would display in real time on the projected screen um, s- what's happening some content some entertainment and the other players will act out as actors as puppeteers and to to animate this uh, to animate a conversation or or an in-game well not in-game but um, some kind of um, movie really and they'll play it and they'll perform Machinima as sort of performance art and like live Machinima really and I've been reading stuff about video art, and can it be to that level? Can video art be performance art as well as digital art? Well, I've never tried this myself. I've never experimented with it. It seems interesting to me. It it does interest me a little. Yeah, it does interest me a lot. Video art needs video first and foremost. So, if you were to set up a camera on a tripod, um, something small like DV, and have your actors doing their performance, and the camera is linked live, in real time, to a screen, and uh, it would work best if you had a blue screen or a green screen. When the actors are are performing, and doing their funny shit, and, and cracking jokes, and, I don't know, making out, um... They'll be in front of the green screen. The, the the camera will capture everything, but on the the projected screen outside the building, I suppose, or wh- wherever the the audience is, would automatically fill the green screen or the blue screen with um, a funny background like stars or a volcano or or ice fields or whatever background they decide to choose. That I think. Could work, it could work tremendously, really. In fact, I would pay for that. Speaking about art, um, what was that? Some strange noise came out of my nose just then. I wonder if you heard it. I've been thinking a lot about the Adelaide Fringe, 2011. I promised myself that I would do it again. Um, I was in the Adelaide Fringe 2010 was a tremendous deal for me and um, I worked on it for three years to try to get there to that stage and it was just such a rush. It was much better than sex. It was better than chocolate. It was better than sex with chocolate really. The elation I got from being in the Adelaide fringe and I've been thinking maybe I should do it next year. I promised myself that I would do it again and I'm I want to, I'm excited to, but, you know, I think I might have a little rest to recharge my artistic batteries, to start thinking artistically again, and also there's the issue of money. Um, I've been trying to get a house lately, and that's really the main focus of my cash right now, so I may or may not appear at the Fringe next year. Um my other friends, my contemporaries, Ashoko Chota and John Walansky et al., i they may or may not be in the fringe as well. Maybe I should do a collaborative piece. Maybe a group exhibition. I've haven't I haven't had a group exhibition since I dunno, two thousand seven, two thousand six. So that might be a way to go. That might be real exciting. Um, I'll keep you posted. Oh, uh, did you hear? Amika is 25 years old. Yay! Happy birthday, Amika. I, uh, I I don't remember you, but I do respect you. I hope you have your wish come true and a, a big, big, uh, tasty cake. Well, I think I've just exhausted all the stuff I wanted to talk about. Is there anything else I need to talk about? Uh, no. So that's it for this podcast. I think I'll uh, wrap it up here and say to you thank you s- so much for listening. Goodbye for now. Whew. Take care.